Hello and welcome to the Tri-State Space Program. I'm Jake the Astronaut. Um, sitting here with Zach Evans. Well, do you go by Zach or Zach, Josh? Let's, Zach is, let's my, do that. is the name. Zach, yeah, it's a curse. My mom ah. chose to call me by my middle name, so it's always ah. kind of confusing. It's been a curse. It's yeah. been a. It's come up a lot, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Uh, in First school and everything. Schools, yeah, it's always terrible. Yeah, I, uh, I have a taste of that because Jake and Jacob, so ah, I understand sure. the the... Name can be a, a weird thing sometimes, but uh, you work at Courier Impress, correct? Mm -hmm, right. And uh, you're also in two bands. I am, as I understand it. Um, so, what are the names of those bands? Well, those two bands do not have names yet, ah. unfortunately. Um, we both bands really just formed over the summer, um, so we've been throwing names at the the wall, seeing what sticks, and nothing's really stuck yet. Uh, the first band's more of a a rock derivative band, you know, your general hard rock kind of stuff. Okay. Um, some names thrown out for that, I think, were like the deep cut or the oh. deepest cuts, which is taken, unfortunately, which seems uh. like an easy name to take. Other mm -hmm. weird ones like Gravy Bane. <laughs> I like Gravy Bane personally. That's yeah. <laughs> that evokes a lot of random thoughts. I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's unique. I don't think there's any other band in America called Gravy Bane. So that we have that on lockdown if we go with that. Yeah. Um, some other. Is that written down somewhere? It is. <laughs> well, it's somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> scrap of paper. Yeah. Um, some other terrible ones like Derpus. Like <laughs> Opus and Derp mixed together. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's clever, but. Yeah. But I don't know if we want to be called Derpus. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many people would exactly uh, automatically get with that, you know? Yeah, it, right. It might not have an automatic uh, following from the general public. I think some people would find it ironically funny. Sure. But. Yeah. Anything else that comes to mind? Any other perspective uh, the, the, names? For the string band, you know, I tossed out one last night, actually. I, I liked, but it wasn't very well received. But it was the, so it's the string band, you know, bluegrass, acoustic stuff. Yeah. Um, it would be the Old Courthouse Revival or okay. the Old Courthouse Revival Band. You know, it kind of evokes that Americana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the Old Courthouse is one of our main landmarks in the city. So yeah. We were called the Pocket City Pushers two years ago, but um, one of the, main members of that band isn't around anymore so um okay. we need something different i see we got back together and we gotta try something new i see mm -hmm. well uh pocket city pushers that's pretty that's not a bad name though that's a good name i liked it that's actually yeah. what sparked um the uh name for my my column my music column in the courier impress uh pocket city picks yeah yeah i, I just love that name for evansville pocket city yeah. And that alliteration, the the PCP, you know, well PCP, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, <laughs> invokes no. a certain Evansville image, probably. So uh, that's a weekly column. So do you always review local, or do you, is it half and half, or how does that work? You know, um, since it's so regular, I just kind of go with whatever comes my way. I try to keep it as local and as original as possible, but sometimes I'll use that column to like. Sometimes I'll get the chance to talk to nationally touring artists that come to town. Um, okay. And I use that column to be my write-up for it. So some sometimes it, it goes beyond the, our boundaries, but they are playing here, so. Yeah, so it's relevant. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
am, am I remembering correctly? By actually, I was reading that column a little while back. I mm-hmm. don't know exactly how far back, but uh, you mentioned like an EP or something oh, that you're yeah. gonna put out. Did I that was, ever happen? You or? know, I'm glad you asked about that. It was it was something I was working on over the winter, and I never I never published it. Um, and it was gonna be just all solo and uh, just instrumental or mostly instrumental. Because um, okay. I'm, not, I, I do not feel like I'm a strong singer at all. Though okay. you know, I, I, I could probably produce a, a voice that's unique, and maybe endearing to some. But I, I'm, I'm a musician, so I love instrumentals. So it'd be a, largely instrumental. Okay. But I just never published it. I don't know. Um, you've done the solo thing, right, Jake? I mean, a little bit, yeah. And it's just so it's hard putting yourself out there as one it person. Is. I have no, you have nobody else to hide behind, you know, to, to take that that judgment for lack of a better word it's a lot of pressure you know i just i just couldn't live up to it so i'm still working on those those items i might like publish it under like a pseudonym like some yeah like crazy name and just act like i'm not connected to it all and just publish it on Bandcamp and see where it goes i don't know i know a few people who've done that around here actually oh really uh yeah published something that's outside of their genre i'm not gonna oust them there's one in particular that i really could but i'm not going to because because <laughs> he would like to remain anonymous with it but it's uh it's really cool because you see on their page that they're from evansville but you yeah. don't know who they are and then eventually it'll come out and i feel like that might be part of the uh, music scenes appeal eventually maybe but hmm. uh, people that are doing that but that's one thing i wanted to get into for sure was uh i saw in a recent uh edition of that column that uh you made a statement or at least th- there was a statement in there uh it was kind of if you wrote it it was third person but it said <laughs> something about how you thought the music scene was on a precipice yeah uh, yeah that's something so let's that, let's definitely get into that that's actually that's that's a line taken from the first column i wrote my first pocket city picks entry was oh. about how just kind of a a quick evaluation of the music scene and i really you know i, I, I guess i haven't too, been actually i, I haven't I been around it. for decades you know i haven't been on the scene but i really do like getting out and seeing people and knowing musicians and knowing how some of the, the bars around here are, are increasing in size and, and are catering to more original music than they were when I was 21, when I was just turning 21. Yeah. I really feel like things are changing around here. Um, and that goes along with all sorts of other change in Evansville. We're growing in other ways. So mm. I, I don't know what you think about that. I don't know if that's an opinion you share, if you think Evansville also is on some sort of precipice. Oh, it definitely is. That's yeah. why I wanted to get into it, because I, I feel the same way. Mm. What, are, what are the other ways? Because we're definitely going to talk about the music scene, but real quick, what are the other ways that, that well, you think sure. it's changing? Like, uh, so I work the Courier, so I'm like a local, local government reporter, so I have my hands in, in all these projects. I, I know, kind of see what's happening. We got... Obviously, we have like a, a, a hotel possibly being built downtown, along with uh, for sure a, yeah. a, a new college downtown. Mm-hmm. Those are two big items that'll really change. You know, you be political about it or not, but they're going to change Evansville. They're going to, you know, you have 500 new students going to this med school. So that yeah. you think of, I mean, they're qualified students. They're not your usual undergrads. Um, so I don't know if we'll have, you know, a college lifestyle like Bloomington or. You know something like that, but it's going to have an effect on how uh, the entertainment industry caters to them. Um, and yeah. there are other reasons, like uh, right near where we're at, the clover leaf being designed mm-hmm. here, getting rid of those stoplights on the Lloyd. I mean, that seems like it's like such a small thing, but that really just—I mean—it opens up the city. You can get from east to west much quicker now. So um, yeah, it wrecks your day things. sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a bitch sometimes. The Lloyd 
can be the fastest way to get across town or the slowest way to get across town. Yeah. And I, I assume it's that way in a lot of cities with their expressways. But I, uh, I don't know. I, when, when I was a freshman or sophomore or something at USI, there was a adjunct teacher who was from, like, Florida. He did one semester here. And he's like, I don't know why you guys call it the expressway <laughs> because there's nothing express about it. I mean, we have dozens of stoplights on the expressway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you know. Those are a few things I see happening, though, for just, you know, small projects that affect what's going on around here. Yeah, and a lot of bars, like you said, are kind of uh, expanding their local and original music. Uh, they're kind of catering to original local music or even cover music, which has its place. Sure, uh, well, it does have its what, place. Uh, I didn't ask you, uh, in the bands you're in, mm -hmm. uh, do you do originals or covers? There is a mix of both. I think that's what you see a lot around here. Yeah. Um, we're... we're Writing heavily, but you know we have uh, probably majority covers right now. Um, my my goal for the rock band, just to get us gigging, is you know, typical you know two to four hour set have maybe three hour set, um, two hours of covers, one hour of original. That way we can have also uh, EPLP uh, quality of originals. You know we're not just throwing crap to the wall and seeing what sticks. You know hopefully yeah. it's good stuff. Um, same with the string band. Uh, we're really just trying to learn a lot of songs. So that's a lot of covers. But we, these are people I've been in bands with for years. So we have originals going back to the 2000s. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's. I uh, can definitely relate to that. Cause Texas T is kind of half and half right now. And Itter is not. Itter's like uh, probably 95% original and Fantastic. yeah it's a three piece so right. it's it's a lot easier to write the full song you don't have to worry about the guitarist learning his part mm -hmm. or everybody learning the lyrics or whatever uh, that's one thing in Texas T that makes it a little uh, a little slower but more badass once we learn it but uh -huh. kind of slower because uh, there some songs have like four part vocals in them not like harmonies necessarily but uh, just everyone doing different things that's kind of what we're oh, writing now like, yeah uh, like uh, syncopated stuff like some you know? somewhat yeah like uh i don't know i'm i've been doing a lot of harmonies uh for a long time and uh starting in fucking senior year choir at south spencer high school mm -hmm. uh so go rebels yeah yeah uh yeah that's such a weird mascot really name is. isn't it like <laughs> well, my brother uh, my so stepbrother odd. actually went to to school in out there and uh when he was on yearbook this is early 90s okay they had rebel flags all over yeah. the place i mean i don't mm -hmm. know if that, is that still a thing where there's like rebel flags in all of your like school regalia and stuff like that uh not all of it but some older pieces still have that and they uh -huh. there was not it wasn't a problem when i went to school there and that's yeah. 2004 to 2008 yeah. so not long ago at all and they you know they still had some of that but no it's not peppered everywhere like it used to be okay. I, I, you okay. see the old like some of the old band equipment will uh -huh. have like a little patch on it oh, that's sure. the little <laughs> rebel guy with a rebel flag right and uh in the lunchroom it was a rebel but he had an american flag okay so it was almost like <laughs> there was a rebel flag, but they painted over it with an American flag. Okay, yeah, I almost assume there probably was a, a rebel flag there. So you and uh, an Evansville native, like your whole life? I, I was uh, I was born in Kentucky. I went to school in Owensboro for um, the first few years, or till fifth grade, I guess. Then my parents got divorced, and I moved to Evansville. I've been here since. Went to hmm. USI uh, with you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I lived in rural Davis County for my formative years, and then. 
hopped across the the river and ended up in the uh, center city of Evansville. So, okay, well, uh, that's very close to my story actually. Uh, so that's also relatable to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fifth grade moved uh, actually over to Rockport though. Okay. And uh, my it was just my family just decided to move. Just yeah. it was actually my grandfather's dream to live in Indiana, rural Indiana. Uh, and just have a piece of land and a decent house that he built. So my family and my grandparents built on the same plot of land. Okay. And so, yeah. So I, that's very relatable. I'm not trying to make this all about me or anything. But uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's crazy that fifth grade moved like to over to Indiana. It's right. Like, uh, there's probably a lot of that, actually. There's uh, Because oh, sure, it's so sure close right. knit, you know, between uh-huh. Evansville and Owensboro. It's the same news stations uh, for the most part. It is, yeah. It's all the same. Co- I mean, our newspaper doesn't cover Owensboro because Owensboro has its own newspaper, so yeah. we, we don't need to. There's no point for us to even try it. As Unless it's a there. big event, I'm right, sure. Right, of course, yeah. yeah. If it's something serious. Uh, and even then, the Henderson Gleaner, which we own, uh, uh, since it's the western sense. Kentucky, they kind of still worry about that. That makes sense. Um, but if it's something serious, yeah, we'll get our hands in it. Um, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> it just goes with the territory. And while we're talking about news. Owensboro... Um, have you been out there in the last five years? Uh, yeah, here and there. I mean, you hear people talking about how Owensboro is developing compared to Evansville, oh, you know? Oh, for and, sure, yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I've played with some bands. Actually, I played in July. I played with uh, Stephen Horning, who's a Big Ninja Delight. We played with his Big Ninja family band. I got to play guitar. The band that opened for us, and I can't remember the name. I wish I could say it offhand, but they're from Owensboro. Fantastic group of guys. Yeah. I don't know what the scene is like down there. I don't know if it's... Uh, if it's it, really sporadic from what I can tell. Really? It's really... It's a lot of covers, but... Uh, and a lot of country, too, which... It's sure. weird how there's not... You don't see as much country in Evansville as you do in Owensboro. And it's so close, but it seems like the ratio of country bands is so much higher mm-hmm. in Kentucky, even though they're so close in, you know, <laughs> actual latitude, you know. But it's surprising. in um... There was a study done that I think was published by Billboard, or it wasn't a, a study study, but it was a, one of those analysis of data that Billboard put out, and Evansville was like the top digital country market, market in the nation. Really? Beating out like Nashville and other... So you <laughs> think Evansville, if we're downloading all this country music, why don't we have a stronger country presence? Not that I want a pop country presence here, but you know, um, we could get a nice, uh, you know... You know, like rockabilly or you know, outlaw country. That'd be great if we yeah, had some. That would here. be awesome. We need Hank the Third to play here, man. Oh yeah. I wonder if he ever has. I, you know, I don't know. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I've never heard about it, but I would go for sure. I was oh, listening yeah. to Hank the Third today, actually. Oh really? It's weird because uh, I, I, we don't have to go really far into this, but uh, I love Hank the Third, even though he he talks about being a rebel and stuff. Uh-huh. I, it's it's almost like that's just his. Uh, it's almost like you're examining a different way of life than your own Mm. as him being, you know, I've ridden four wheelers and I've gotten some of that same influence. So it's somewhat relatable to me, but at the same time, he's, I don't know, he's not fully South's going to do it again, you know, but he still is like a lot of song titles have rebel in them. And, Mm. you know, he's got rebel flags on different stuff. And he talks about like, flying a rebel flag right and it's funny to me because he just seems like such an intelligent musician yeah that i wouldn't think that i would think that he would just kind of leave that behind sure for his dad and his you know <laughs> for well, his dad to fly around i guess i think uh you know part of that's got to be his anti-authoritarian spirit not just necessarily the the confederacy it's more yeah. of 
you know, fuck the establishment kind of feel, you know, like, yeah. which I get and I appreciate. Oh, I definitely do too. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, it's just, it, it's kind of funny. I guess he's not, he's not a liberal, I guess. And I, the, I hate throwing that word around because it's become a, uh, a thing to call people when you're more conservative than they are. Yeah. And you, it's basically another word for wuss now mm-hmm. yeah, you know sure whiner has been thrown around to right associated with liberal but yeah. it's it's just funny to me to that that i don't know i guess both groups have these just really schoolyard terms for each other you know yeah and just shows how much we really in some aspects don't grow <laughs> as we get older no it's true man i mean it's really i mean politics american politics and maybe all politics in general is is just like it's just like sport I mean, mm, we treat yeah. it like a sport. I mean, journalists, you know, I, I'm not excluded from this. We we treat some, uh, like, election coverage like it's a horse race, and that's why mm. the term comes from, you know, horse race journalism. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we, we treat it like it's a game, you know, and it, we pit sides against each other. It's red team versus blue team, you know. Yeah. You know. I, I think it's been set up that way mm-hmm. uh, for us, you know, to participate in. And uh, are you a fan of, uh, well, I mean, how do you feel about third parties, I guess, would be a good way to ask. Oh, I'm a, I'm a strong proponent for third parties. Um, that's kind of part of my game at The Courier, too, is is trying to include the third-party candidates. Uh, for example, in the city this year, we have libertarian candidates and independent candidates, and you won't hear much about them from your TV news outlets. Yeah. And realistically, we wouldn't have covered them too much. I'm not saying, like, I'm the guy who's bringing the third party to Evansville or in the media in Evansville, but I, I like to make it a point to try to talk to them and, and – if they're going to be on the ballot, they should be, you know, they should be have a okay. voice to talk about what they what they stand for and what they want to see for the city. Um, I think I think there's a lot more nuance in our in, in people's political views than just two parties. Oh yeah, there's a there's a lot more. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way to put it as nuance. I guess I was trying to find another word that complemented nuance, but really that hits it right on the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny how it's such small differences too and it it almost seems like in some ways like uh when i talk to conservatives in my family or uh wherever uh it's almost like we and i'm not like a full-blown like liberal i i know i sound like it right now but i'm not like a i'm not like a full fully you know uh i don't know i don't put all my eggs in that basket because there are some shortcomings of being a crazy liberal and I like I understand why conservatives say that yeah. because there are some people that are just so far to the left sure. that they might as well be right or right yeah to put it uh, one way but no yeah the circular theory of politics um, wherein you know you go as far left as you can and you're gonna end up meeting the far right somewhere on the other side you know <clears throat> yeah uh, it's extreme <laughs> extremism on either side is just not healthy well, like uh, an example of that would be uh, certain feminist circles, I guess you'd say, yeah. uh, are really against like uh, Hardee's commercials or things that, that really oh, yeah. display the female body in a sexual sure. way. Yeah. And they're against that. But uh, to me, it's like, how different is that from a burqa or a really long dress? To put it in American terms, I guess, yeah. or or uh, ankle length dresses and no arms or shoulders showing. Uh, how how are those two things that different? Right. You know, because it, you're not showing, 
or you're desexualizing the female body in both you know in one right. is seen by feminists as this terrible thing and the other one is the way some of them embrace their feminism it's it's kind of weird to me that they share those things are shared sometimes between the fringe groups yeah it's weird overlap it'd make a great sitcom yeah <laughs> or a reality tv show on tlc yeah uh yeah those <laughs> it's funny how many of those have been ousted uh, <laughs> like on all the the networks it's funny how many of those people turn out to be totally like criminals like basically or at least swindlers yeah. uh what's uh the long island medium lady mm. you know who i'm talking about the oh blonde right, from right. jersey i think didn't she she came to evansville I believe so. She yeah. actually like had a sold out crowd at the Ford Center. I believe. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I I mean, this is the the middle of the country, and uh-huh. it, it makes sense. It yeah. makes sense that a lot of people who who watched John Edwards years ago uh-huh. would, you know, this is basically a new iteration of that. Right. Do you know about uh, which I go on YouTube and Wikipedia jaunts sometimes? Okay. I'm sure a lot of people do. Uh, it's probably, it's probably pretty common. Yeah, and. Uh, what's his name? James Randi, the guy. Uh, he kind of looks like Freud a little bit. Okay. Uh, he has for years been trying to get uh, someone to prove to him that they have a psychic or supernatural ability. Okay. And uh, he sets up a test, and I think it's a hundred thousand dollars now. That okay. If, if you were, I've to heard prove of this. That then you would get the hundred k. Well. No one has done it. He still has a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. He still does, yeah. and he's made. I guess he's made that money by putting on these tests and selling tickets. I don't know uh, that, but yeah. uh, don't quote me on that. But uh, that would be a genius way to do it, and then sure. you just make a lot of money, and then you put up more money, and it makes it more sensational. But uh, I've seen a few videos of peop- of the tests, and never, never happens. It never works. They it never almost have... sounds like it's pretty pre- awkward to watch them failing, where they, they have <laughs> so convinced in their abilities. It sounds cringeworthy, actually. It is. Check it out. There's, there's one guy, it's on an old TV show, and that's how I knew that this has been happening for a long time. Uh, old TV show, uh, the host brings out this guy... And he's, uh, he's got, like, a bowl cut, and he's wearing a gi. And he puts his phone book on the table in front of him, and he does these finger motions above the phone book, and the page flips. Oh. And uh, there's another thing he does. Oh, he's got a pencil on the edge of the table, which why he had to put it on the edge of the table was very skeptical. Like, it brought out my skepticism. It had to and, be on the edge. Yeah, he put it on the edge, and then he did the finger motions, and it moved. Okay. And... Uh, the uh, James Randi comes out, mm-hmm. and uh, after he displays his powers or whatever, comes out and he's like, "Well, uh, I think it's all wind currents." And he's like, "Like, watch!" And he puts the pencil on the edge like the guy had it, and he moved his hand over it and didn't touch it, and it moved. Yeah. And right. then he did it uh, well for the phone book. He put a bunch of styrofoam like. Uh, little tiny styrofoam blocks all around the phone book to make sure that the air current uh, wasn't how he was flipping the pages. Sure. And the guy kept doing his little finger motions, but he never could get it. And James Randi was like, I, I think he was just blowing to make this stuff happen. And that's what it was. It, you know, More power to that guy if he can sell <laughs> tickets convincing people he's a magician or a, you know, some sort of clairvoyant 
whatever he likes to call himself. I guess if people yeah. are gonna fall for it, it's yeah. to me that's almost like uh, that parallels to like you mentioned pop country earlier. Yeah. And I was thinking about it today while I was listening to Hank the Third. That uh, man, pop country, just <laughs> it's so disappointing. See, oh, man. this is one thing I thought of earlier that I'm like I'm glad I'm recording a podcast today so that I realize uh, or so that I remember this uh, point. And it's funny to me because I have family members that ride ATVs. Sure. They they do all that stuff. They're not offended by the rebel flag. They're you know pretty country, mm-hmm. uh, and they listen to pop country. When Hank the Third basically describes their lives, yeah, uh, in his music, uh-huh. and it would make way more sense for them to listen to Outlaw. It's funny. Uh, just. You know, some kind, sometimes you see like the backwards nature in things, which actually lends itself to the political uh, uh, points uh, point that I made earlier about the overlap. But do you find it hard? Because we're in a we're in a red state. We are. So, do you find it more difficult to get the left side of the argument, or how do you work that out? Since we're in a red state. Are you tempted to give the right, or is it easier to give the right side more uh, coverage, I guess? It could very well. On one, you know, I'll I'll pick on one example here. Um, On abortion right issues. um, Okay. In southwestern Indiana, where we're at now, we have the largest pro-life or uh, anti-abortion group uh, in the nation. The the pro-right to life, I think the right to life group is the... The official title so we have the biggest contingency in our region in the entire country so um and you know we have one planned parenthood which provides getting beyond the fact that planned parenthood barely provides abortions to to and they don't hear to right? their clients no, they don't do it here yeah. yeah yeah but you, yet you will still see them protesting there on weinbach yeah again that I've far from it. where we're at i've seen it um yeah. so actually driving here i've seen it <laughs> so just by nature they get more coverage because they have their annual right to life rally, there's other. They also do their uh, candidate surveys, uh, their uh, right to life rankings. Um, so for that one example, yeah, it can be hard to, to get a balance uh, of opinions. Okay, uh, are there any other issues? Like I would assume, uh, um, gay rights. Gay rights. Well, you know. Um, but there, There's there been such a is. huge shift in Indiana, mm. and it goes. Um, let me light this up real quick. Yeah, cigarette. <laughs> well, that's what I was. I was actually you. You made the point I was going to make is that the change has happened here as well as the rest of the country. So. Right, um, and part of that, I don't think the conservative state house Republicans who, uh, for the last, so let's go back. You know, in this last five year period, where they tried to not only. Uh, ban gay marriage, but they tried to make it a constitutional amendment to mm-hmm. ban gay marriage in Indiana um, to where a federal judge in Evansville ruled same-sex marriage legal effectively for the entire region, not just Indiana, in, in such a short period of time. And then then you go to this year with the, um, the Religious Freedom Act, which uh, just had a, a whirlwind behind it in opposition. Just yeah. goes to show how actually... Uh, how opinions have changed in the last decade for Indiana for uh, in terms of being supportive of, of gay rights because, well, 
they're humans too, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it seems like a simple argument for for us, you know, for our generation especially. But um, it's crazy how it's changed, and that and that goes hand in hand. You know, not necessarily with Indiana though; it is changed, but with marijuana uh, uh, marijuana viewpoints across the country. Not just the fact that yeah. more states are legalizing it or having medical marijuana. You just look at opinions. People think, well, it's not that dangerous because yeah, it's really not. You know, just because we were fed that in the '80s from the you know the Reagan administration, yeah, from the um, reefer madness, and then, then the Bush even. administration, yeah, and the reefer madness from from there, and then uh, and then the hatred of the hippies in the second '60s, and how marijuana was villainized then. Yeah, um, it just it all just rapidly changed in the last decade for those to- two items in particular. You know. Yeah, it has been a really fast change. I feel like that uh, that kind of acceptance almost goes hand in hand. To me, but yeah, it's, interesting. it's a weird way that it goes hand in hand. It correlates right together, you know. Even if you don't look, look at the the similarities in the viewpoints, it's just the fact that public opinion has changed. And I'm sure there's other points where we've all changed um, as a nation that maybe we all haven't grasped on yet, or are politicized yet, and or had it reflected in elections yet. Yeah, but well, I mean, it's a personal choice matter to me. Uh, but it's a personal choice matter of. Um, Either way, yeah, right. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's part of it because it seems like also in gun legislation uh-huh. and gun uh, outpours of you know both sides. It seems like that's that's a really polarizing issue. But at the same time, it's weird how many people are for uh, gun rights. You know, and, sure, and they. Sure. Uh, it's it's kind of a. It goes along that. Uh, as far as like per- your personal choice to have a firearm, right? But I guess you could flip that around and be like, my personal choice not to be around firearms at all yeah. or have them in my country. Yeah. But oh, sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Like you, European... you don't want to go to Walmart and see some guy open carrying. I was at Steak and Shake over the summer, and this older gentleman was just out out there with his his holster on his side, not tucked into a shirt, just completely flaunting it like. You're at Steak and Shake, man. You're on the far east side of Evansville. Right. Like you're you're not gonna face a situation where you get to be you get to be the hero. Um, but that's a you know another point. Bringing it back to your original question, gun rights uh, around here. You know you're you got um, quote unquote liberal uh, Democratic uh, politicians running for federal positions or state positions, and you can't say you're anti-gun or for, right. for more gun regulations because that's just that's just not how we are around here. Yeah, it's almost like a killer of your campaign. Mm, uh, it could be. And yeah. same same the other way around with uh, Republicans. They almost have to be for gun rights. Oh, sure. It's yeah. uh, it's rare that Republicans, you know, against people having guns. Mm. Uh, or pe- well, I don't know. I think uh, the a big thing with gun rights is it's not just about having a gun, but it's mm. about people who shouldn't have guns not having guns you know yeah, yeah totally that's a big part of it so right. uh right it's it kind of it sucks that we can't move at all on the issue uh because people are blindly uh fearful you know yeah, at sure. times uh, and that goes side. for a lot of things yeah exactly it goes back to that us versus them team a versus team b kind of politics where it's really not doing us any good as a country we know we're all more gray than we are black and white but we right. still want to vote black and white i don't know we're almost forced to yeah yeah we are uh, right. in a lot of ways uh depends on your state because like colorado yeah. that's that's a weird melting pot of of influence it is really 
<laughs> because I mean, first state to legalize right. marijuana. Uh, can could gays get married in? I said that weird. Could <laughs> was gay marriage legal in uh, Colorado? They had before they had civil unions. Oh, so okay. which is, you know, pretty much a marriage in it's all sense of the legal terms. It's just not a marriage, which is what they should have the right to do. Um, I think they were part of a, another regional decision that affected them. I can't remember. That was before the the Supreme Court's ruling that yeah. all 50 states had to abide. Um, were any Evansville officials, uh, did any of them combat the, the Supreme Court ruling in that they didn't issue same-sex marriage licenses? No, not that not that. I know in right. Kentucky there were. Yeah, I'm more. actually surprised there wasn't as more in Kentucky being, yeah. being from there as you, you probably imagine too but yeah. um <laughs> no not that i know of i know some were really slow to it i think spencer county was actually kind of slow it was to doing it um but you know i kind of get it too there was some bureaucratic changes in how you had to do paperwork i think and i think there were just some concerns there i don't know if it was all ideology or not but there probably was a bit of ideology mixed in some of the county clerk's decisions to not immediately issue um marriage licenses to same-sex couples yeah, I I think it's uh, one of the big points that gay rights uh, proponents or gay marriage proponents um, have come up with that is a really good uh, point, I think, is that if you look at largely heterosexual marriages, it's mm. like 50% uh, level of divorce, right? 50% rate of divorce. Yeah. Well, in the homosexual community, uh, it's way, uh, way higher on the you know for them staying together so it's interesting it's funny that now i i wonder if and i'm just gonna phrase it like that i wonder if more couples will kind of rush into it just because they have the right now Mm. and i wonder if that rate will drop a little bit oh that's interesting i don't know if it will it may not but i wonder if it will because people are just kind of being liberal with the the ability (laughs) To get married, like, sure. That's actually a really interesting thought. I bet, I bet your uh, your theory there is right because I'm sure there has to be people who are just doing it because they can now. Yeah. Not necessarily thinking about it like, you know, they they had to before. You know, they had years to to be together and not be married. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thought. Man. I don't know. I uh, just that was just top of the head. I just thought of that. I wonder if I wonder if that rate will go down now. But who knows? Maybe it won't. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Sure. Well, I would imagine when you're in a group uh, that's what's the homosexual population compared to the the overall? Is it it's higher than uh, previously estimated? I think. I think. It used to be a low estimate. You see, like, to be like less than five percent. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's higher. <clears throat> so, but even then, uh, the only people you can find uh, to be with uh, it, it, that pool goes down if you're within the you know as as compared to straight people because there's not as many gay people as there are straight that's a fact yeah um, right yeah but uh, uh and it's a measurable fact you know yeah so it's it's i don't know i wonder how that life is you know it's kind of a it would be uh i don't know it'd be interesting to know or to hear it from you know Straight from their mouth. Yeah, yeah. How, how I don't know how to say that without I can't, being offensive. I can't, yeah, <laughs> I can't relate. You know, because like yeah, you, know, you know, we're like you said. There's um, for us as, as straight men. There's there's way more options for us in terms of finding a partner. Yeah. And being accepted 
in, in that partner socially. Yeah. Which makes it easier on us. There's no real pressure other than like maybe yeah. from your family to get married or, you know, shit like that. Well, yeah, there's a lot of variables with finding a mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually uh, reading a book called The Mating Mind uh, by Jeffrey Miller, and it's it's a this really awesome book about how uh, our brains developed all these almost superfluous things like uh, art or music or uh, even language that mm. those things developed uh, as a result of um, sexual choice and people picking creative people to have sex with you know and then it just in, in all aspects of he spreads it to like sports and politics and religion and all these things these social things just came up uh, during like sexual choice of our ancestors and that that's interesting all these things are reproductive like that's their that's their uh, uh, it's a mechanism you know for reproduction as opposed to survival yeah. because previously uh, it was like a most Darwinian you know uh, academics and like scientists I guess uh, they had thought that you know everything is about survival and yeah. it's, it's not survival of your species but of you as an individual right that the things you developed like the elephant's trunk or you know things like that sure were just for survival but this guy is saying that your mind and all of the nuances of your brain mm-hmm. are more for reproduction than survival so it's really interesting his uh his whole argument it makes so much sense it's like the peacock's uh feathers yeah uh, right it would not make sense it doesn't make sense for the peacock to have that because it's not functional other than sure, yeah. attracting a mate right and it's actually cumbersome it it's right you know right. it's a lot to drag around yeah it's it's like a. Uh, he said how much it weighs. I can't remember now, but it, it's actually like a pretty significant amount of weight really? to be for a bird to be you know walking around with. But it's just to attract a mate. Like, but and he's saying that our minds are the same thing. That uh, the you know complexity of our brains. So it's really funny. Like we sit here and talk about politics and all this stuff, and it's funny to think that all that really just came from a reproductive standpoint. It's just the byproduct of trying to be impressive to ladies. Which makes sense, because that's what <laughs> most of our culture now is geared towards, is, you know, um, is, is, it's, it's sexual in nature, right? Yeah, it's all mm-hmm. about, um, you know, the clothes we wear, and what we do is, is, is all with the, uh, the uh, two-person unit in mind, you know, the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Well, music, we're musicians. Right. That, that definitely ties in, too. Uh, when I first started playing guitar, the, <laughs> the people I really wanted to notice were women. Yeah. That, I mean, well, girls at the time. I was like 14. Right, yeah, so right, yeah. Girls at the time, uh-huh. that's who I wanted to notice, really. And if a girl was in the room, I was way more nervous playing, and I oh, had to make sure. sure I was right on. Oh, right. Uh, Adam, actually, in Itter, he told me that, uh, that you know, he's, he's never nervous around, uh, he's never nervous playing unless it's his significant other. Oh, wow. there. And then he gets more nervous. Yeah. And that ties into that. That's totally a, I probably shouldn't have name dropped him, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, he, that ties into the, that biological thing we have. It's, right. It's awesome actually that, uh, you know, we're just so hardwired to impress women that, mm-hmm. you know, and talking too. Do you find that? Do you find like, Oh sure. When like you're single or, you know, yeah, when you're, uh, yeah, when you're just in a group conversation and a, mm-hmm. a woman's present and how, uh, how differently you uh, try to portray yourself, or 
Yeah. It yeah. reminds me of uh, Louis C.K., where he talks about how you're like 10 different people on a first date. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, because you're trying to impress her, so you act like so many different people. To and, and whichever one sticks, that's the one you stick with. You know, <laughs> you're stuck with that one yeah. for the rest of your life. Well, I'm stuck as a douchebag. <laughs> Just, but we'll make that sacrifice. How weird is that? Right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, Wu Tang said, "Cash rules everything around me." I'm pretty sure it's sex rules everything yeah, around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's I think that's where we're at. Yeah. But why do we try to attain money yeah, well, to sure. impress women right. and to be able to facilitate a life right. with a woman? I mean, for us, it's women. You know, I'm not trying to yeah. uh, you know alienate or anything. Uh, sure, but yeah, sure. Biologically, we're trying to procreate, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like prove our you get value. What I'm, saying. Right? I'm not trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to stay PC to an extent. You know, I'm not trying sure. to offend anyone. But uh, so we've. Uh, Ah, you said you had you have the column that you're doing, yeah. uh, and you also have a podcast. I wanted to get into that a little sure, bit. Sure, yeah. And since it's about local politics mainly. Yeah, but... local politics, local issues. Um, since I'm like a government reporter, a, a politics reporter, basically, we, uh, me and Noah Stubbs, who is also a USI student, he okay. kind of works on our website. He does all digital things for us. Uh, he and I, we we usually bring on some sort of guest, and we talk about. Um, you know the news of the week, pretty much. Uh, okay. And it's interesting. We've been running since the primary elections this year, so I think we're on our twentieth episode. Actually, um, okay. I think this one we're going to post soon is going to be our twentieth episode. Awesome. Um, it's been going pretty. It's you know, uh, it's it's a work in progress. We're learning as we go and finding our voice, and and we have a a small audience we we post through soundcloud and other things so we can see how many people listen on soundcloud because they have good metrics there yeah they do um but we also post on itunes and stitcher and okay pocket cast is one that's a popular android oh. app if you're if you're on there you oh, should probably uh, yeah, add yeah. yourself to that oh, we, were, we were told this week that pocket cast is the most popular podcast what? app for android phones and okay, android has the majority sense. of the market so that's right. Um, so you should, yeah, you should, you should check that Pocket out. Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast. Okay. Yeah, I will. Um, I guess uh, the name of our podcast is Canvas, which is a kind of a a play on words because Canvas is a political term where you canvas an area, mm-hmm. you're trying to spread your name out. But yeah. Canvas is also uh, a word used to describe um, like examining an issue or examining a thought, which is what we yeah. try to do. Um, we also, you know, I, I was happy to use the Texas Tea and the Jingle Sheep's new EP oh, yeah, on yeah, our yeah. podcast this week. Usually every week we try to use uh, local original music oh, that's uh, awesome. in our in our podcast because we have different segments. So we use intro music and transitional music and outro music. So we, we try to incorporate that. And I like to, since, you know, I'm a local musician and I write about it, I like to keep that in there. And it sounds better, you know, having yeah. some music with it. Uh, but it's, it's going pretty good. That's awesome. So, do you ever get into national politics? Uh, you know, hardly ever. Though the one that was posted last week, Noah and I started. We were talking about social media on that episode. So then we got into this talk about the Donald, yeah, Donald yeah. Trump, and, uh, and all. Yeah, he's been talked about on the podcast before. How yeah. can you, how can anybody in America right now avoid talking about Donald Trump? Right, it's it's unavoidable. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. Uh, He's well, upheaved the whole game, man. He, he really has, and it's very interesting. And we talked about him and Bernie Sanders, and they're very 
Like, they're different candidates, but in a lot of ways, they have similar attributes. Or at least there's reasons why people like them, because they're different candidates. Okay. Um, and, and the point we made that I made was that Donald Trump is a fringe Republican Party candidate. He is the frontrunner, uh, so he's the popular candidate. But people yeah. are, I think people are flocking to him because he's sitting up there on the podium calling out the the other people in the party and just yeah and he's he's just calling out everybody really and he's for you know love him or hate him he's saying shit like it is you know i i hate most of the stuff that comes out of his mouth but you know what he's unfiltered and he's he's authentic you know people look at jeb bush and they see nothing but a phony image crafted over the last 50 years of his life Mm -hmm. um and that's how it goes for bernie bernie's a real dude Mm. Bernie's Bernie's a real right. guy, and he's telling it like it is. Also, yeah, for his party and for other issues, um, I think that's why you're seeing Bernie Sanders just he's he's kind of getting a good boost in popularity, at least in in media play lately. Oh, definitely, um, uh, and in polls, right? He's gone right. up. He's got he's some definitely boosts. gone up. Yeah, and Hillary's kind of getting the uh, kind of getting some negative. Um, portrayals now yeah uh, especially with right-wing media but of in general too uh, yeah. you know there's some secrecy going on there sure it seems so uh bernie is definitely a good topic because uh so many young people are are a fan as soon as they, they know what he's about they love him yeah that's uh, so true, many man. people i know mm-hmm. are fans and are probably going to end up voting for him mm-hmm. uh there's the chance obviously that hillary usurps him you know yeah which she already she is now currently, but you know, yeah, but total, she was, overall, for she was in the same position against a young Barack Obama in 2007, leading into the 2008 primary. Very she was true. she was the front runner. She was going to be the candidate. Nobody was going to usurp her, as you said. Um, yeah. But she's in the same position now. But you know what happened? She didn't win. She wasn't the nominee. And true and true. Um, so, so man. We, who knows what will <laughs> happen? Uh, I mean, Bernie Bernie's just an interesting character. I don't know. What would make him more digestible to the average American? Because, like you said, I, I, most people I know that are involved in politics, I see on my Facebook just Bernie after Bernie. I'm like, yeah. this guy's making sense and stuff like that. I, it's it's interesting to see how the place. Because I don't see people posting. I know Facebook has their logarithm and they show me what I want to see, but like, yeah. I don't see people posting about, you know, Hillary Clinton's got the right plans or she's speaking it like it is. I really I mean, don't either. You don't see stuff like. Uh, I don't know if people like her just because she's been in American news for since the '90s. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, we we kind of talk about uh, it's it's weird because Donald Trump is seems to be the only, oddly enough, the only serious candidate <laughs> on the Republican side. I mean, Jeb Bush obviously is because he's right. a Bush. Sure. Because we know he's a serious candidate because his brother and his dad were president before, mm-hmm. so we know. That on some level he is serious about running, right? And you know you have jokes like Chris Christie and Ted Cruz and uh, you know uh, uh, well I was gonna say Michelle Bachman because she has a joke but she ran last time but she it's is, she is a uh, joke. It's just all these all these people who who are living in another time almost right. like but then Donald Trump even with all of his um, arguably racist remarks. Yeah. And uh, I say arguably just to not offend anyone, really, but uh, <laughs> but uh, to, totally to racist not polarize words. everything. Yeah, but yeah, arguably racist stuff he said, and uh, yeah, it uh, you have all that, but at the same time, 
there is a big community for that. There is a big uh, audience for that yeah. kind of rhetoric. Yeah, my dad was one. Yeah, he called me yeah, the night the before the debates yeah. and told me. Uh, he told me he supports Donald. Uh, like, oh, dad. We have that in common too. Yeah, my dad's <laughs> conservative. I don't know if he would. He wouldn't be embarrassed by that, so I can just oh, sure. say that. But, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's how he is. That right. Know, uh, he's a conservative guy, but. One thing I uh, I wanted to mention was Donald Trump during the debate. I actually didn't watch the the whole debate. Okay. I should have. I, I well, uh, then you, again, you I don't, don't know. You, not necessarily. <laughs> there's going to be plenty of debates. It, the, yeah. it was just the first one. And it was a Fox I kinda News. I kind of want to wait till it gets weeded out some. You right. Know? Yeah. There's way too many participants right now for yeah for it to even be make sense. It's all noise. Yeah. And he said during that first debate, didn't he say something about, uh, you know, I've given all these people money. And oh, my gosh. Who, who spoke up and said, no, you, you haven't given any money to me? Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember. I can't remember well, either. there was a few. Well, I, I watched it live. Um, that I did have to turn it off uh, after a while. But, um, yeah, Donald, I don't know. The question was something about Donald had given money to Hillary Clinton's foundation once. And he says, you know why I did that is because I, I, buy, I buy politicians. She came to my wedding. I gave her money so she'd come to my wedding, so she'd be a guest. Um, so you could just... Wow. And he flat out said this on national television in front of all the other candidates. I buy politicians. And you know what? Not a single one of those guys said, well, that's terrible. We've got to change the system. They, you know what they did? Two or three of those guys raised their hand and said, you haven't given money to me. It wasn't just one. Oh, really? They asked him for money. Okay. Ridiculous. I was told about that part, actually. I, yeah. So, like... You, you you have this bankrupt system where money rules politics, you know, and that's something Bernie likes to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Citizens but, United and everything. Yeah, yeah, these are billion-dollar campaigns that these candidates have to run. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, if they go all the way to November, will spend a billion dollars. Wow. And that's insane. And, you know, you yeah. got corporations bankrolling these guys. And he he flat out says, I'm, I'm, I'm buying the system, and nobody up there bats an eye. Because that's yeah. how normal it is to these people. It's terrible. And that's going to be that. That's kind of where the split is right now. Because Hillary Clinton and uh, if she makes it, if she doesn't get jailed or something, I don't know mm-hmm. what could happen to her. But if she doesn't have to drop out, then right. it'll be her and uh, Bernie um, and possibly one or two other uh, lesser known candidates sure. uh, battling it out, debating. Uh, it's supposed to be in October, I believe, right? Yeah, it's. I can't remember the date, but yeah, it is in October. Is the first. Democratic debate. That's going to be a, an issue that they talk about negatively, I'm sure. Oh, Because guaranteed. that's kind of a left thing to be against Citizens United. Obviously, it was the right side of the uh, judiciary that was like, you know, that passed it. Right. Or that, yeah, I guess that's, I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. The conservative-leaning uh, judges did yeah. did vote for that, yeah. Yeah, they did. They voted in favor of it. That's, mm. yeah. That's, yeah. Ugh. That's such a an obvious issue to me. Uh, and to so many people that I'm friends with, you, uh-huh. uh, you remember uh, Jesse Reininger? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's been on here uh, twice now, and I, uh, he and I have talked hours about that. Just uh-huh. like, uh, it's just, it's so bothersome to me. But you know, but then my, you know, people like my dad or or a lot of other conservatives I know, they never bring that up. They no. never. My dad actually does. He actually talks about it. He he wants term limits for Congress. Okay. And he wants, you know, he's got some of these ideas that I'm like, yeah, that's awesome, Dad. But then, you know, when it comes to social or a lot of other issues, it's it, you know, he runs the gambit from accepting uh, to not. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't. Uh, 
it's a really, I don't know, politics is so nuanced, you yeah, know? Right. There's politics in everything. Sure there is. And it's funny that Donald Trump really, uh, he had that retort ready for that question, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm sure they he knew the it was going to be asked. He knew it was going to be asked, yeah. Yeah, so he had that retort ready, and that's awesome that, you know, he, uh, was it Megyn Kelly that asked that question? It was a Megyn Kelly question, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, was she the only moderator? There was three moderators. That's what I thought, yeah. uh, but I, I didn't know if I was misremembering it. Or mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> misremembering. It, it gets its point across. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, people were tweeting Megyn Kelly uh, debate questions, oh, and that was one of the funniest. <laughs> oh, man. I wasn't watching the debate, but later on that night, I searched that hashtag and read uh-huh. a shit ton of them. They were really good. They were awesome. Uh Twitter is good for that. Yeah, it really is. Uh, any any event like that, people, it, it's it's real. F- people are actually funny. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. like the common uh, t- uh, Twitter users, like, man, these people are actually hilarious. Right. This is, yeah, it's good stuff. And some people stuff. repeat things that you've seen before, but yeah. sometimes you get surprised with somebody you didn't right. even think. Like you know someone personally, and you wouldn't even think they would come up with something that clever, yeah. but then they do. It's like wow. <laughs> Uh, this is really getting ev- getting everybody creative, almost. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is really good for that because you have the limit of the 140 characters. Yep. Right. That I love that. That oh, yeah. Facebook becomes really dramatic. Oh, it can. Really fast, so and, easily. Yeah. And, but Twitter only gets that way in very short spurts because it's only 140 characters. Yeah. Then you could ignore it and the rest of the noise because unlike right? Facebook, it's it's just it's there and it's. Lost in the shuffle. Facebook shows me shit from two days ago. Right? That's a big thing. People retweet things on Twitter, but it it's not part of the actual algorithm. You know, it's not. Hmm. So, uh, or I don't really know what I'm talking about yeah. with that. But I'm not a coder or anything. But, uh, yeah, that's. So you you guys use Facebook for for gigs, right? I mean, I I've, oh, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've this isn't a column I've I've wanted to write about. I think I touched on it once about how to market yourself as a band. Or what you should do. Um, so what? What all do you guys use? You Bandcamp is where you put your. For Texas T has a band or an we album Bandcamp and Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, right now. Okay. I don't think we have a Reverb Nation, and uh, Reverb Nation's kind of spotty. To I'm me. not sure that really the the average user cares about Reverb no. Nation. That's a very in thing. That's it's like a musician music. thing. Yeah. yeah. I think so too. And I'm I, not sure you know, bookers, you know, uh, uh, venue bookers care about that either. I'm not sure that they do either. Uh, I think Bandcamp and SoundCloud are the two most widely used of those type of things. But then Facebook and Twitter are so useful. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is harder to get followers on because yeah. not as many people are on Twitter from around here. Right. I think it's bigger sure. in the bigger cities. Right. It um, is. I'd say yeah. Uh, well, there's more people to to latch onto it. Uh, yeah. But Facebook. It seems like it's a bigger thing in Middle America, or at least this region. And uh, you know, like I said, Facebook can get dramatic, but it's really good. With the event feature is fantastic right. on Facebook. Yeah, uh, it is. there isn't that on Twitter. So that is one nope. cool thing about Facebook. Uh, as a musician, um, is the event feature, create events, and uh, then uh, you know you got to bet that only ten percent of the people that click join are actually going to come right yeah you can't assume that 150 people are going to show up to uh, right to, <laughs> to a local to your place. coffee house gig you <laughs> to know. a bar that doesn't even have a 150 capacity you know right. yeah yeah uh there are bigger bars around here now though there like, there are some that have gotten big 
Pineapple Project is a good one. I, yeah. You know, I talk about them a lot on here, and it's just because I've uh, played show, more shows there than anywhere else. But, I mean, PG is doing yeah, They cool cater things. to a good original. Yeah, PG and, and Pineapple both cater to good original music. Yeah. Yeah. Across the street, Lamasco does too. Oh, though it's definitely a, a, she she brings in a lot of regional acts. That and it's it's jam band heavy. Very jam band know. heavy. Yep. Yeah, it totally is. I know. Uh, uh, actually, Gary, the guy I uh, talked about earlier, uh, who produced the Texas TEP, he worked there for a time, and he, hmm. I believe he did. He either did or he knew someone who worked there. I okay. can't remember. I know he talked about it like he knew it in and out though mm-hmm. and he said that you know uh amy uh she brings in a lot of awesome bands but it's a lot of jam bands it seems like she likes that kind of stuff she's into it yeah i mean i i've most of i've played handfuls of gigs there and i think all the bands i've been in where i've played there except for some bluegrass were all jam bands okay um and it's just how it is i don't know you know it, it's it's nice that sh- we have a market for that because I'm I'm into it. I like you know vamped instrumental sections. I like ten minute songs. Yeah. You know I know not everybody yeah. does. Um, I do too. But uh, it's it's good that we can have a variety at least because you know Pineapple Project isn't bringing in those those style jam bands, which is nice. So we can have mm-hmm. bars Three that are they're not that. competing. You know. Oh yeah. We're all thriving together. You know. I like that. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Which is cool. Casey's Timeout Lounge is a pretty much strictly a cover it is, cover yeah. place but you know if you're into that sort of thing and if you're a gigging musician who's a professional mu- musician making their money that way it's a great place to be yeah it's huge i mean it's like taking up a quarter of washington square mall or something like that and they keep every time a place closes they add on you know they mm-hmm. they gobble it up and spread out yep <laughs> so it's huge and I'll, i mean that's a trendy place mm-hmm. uh that's definitely a trendy place uh Actually, I saw a cover band there recently, and they they picked the best songs. Oh, they yeah. did like the best popular songs that everyone was gonna know, but they were really good. They played a, a one of Weezer's new songs, the okay. the big single off the most recent album, the okay. uh, Back to the Shack. That's what's called. Oh yeah. And right. they played that. They played uh, Boys of Summer by Don Henley, which I was like, of classic rock. That's a really good pick. Like that's yeah. you know. You can uh, respect that. Yeah, exactly. Like they picked a they they had a few songs you couldn't really respect yeah. but they they did a, a a pitbull song pitbull that's interesting. i'm not a big pitbull fan if you can personally. make it work though uh it was okay but ah. I, I just feel like they were they knew that was gonna play you know what i mean okay, and that's sure. why they did it yeah. uh and the the guitar player had a fan blowing up at him he has really long yeah, curly hair. hair and he had on like a headband kind of hippie headband uh-huh. that, that like uh like that really soft material is real stretchy and he yeah. had a headband of that and it was just blowing his hair up you know nice it was a kind of a funny gimmicky touch but i mean it was all right but i the reason i brought it up was because i was in the i was in the bathroom uh you know and as usual at casey's there's a line yeah. and so i i stood in line and then i finally got in there and the stall was open so i, I went in there mm-hmm. and i then I uh, uh, the band had just gone on a break, okay. and so then I heard some uh, a guy say, uh, "Do you think the kick drum is loud enough?" And he was asking some random guy if the kick drum was loud enough, and he's like, "Is that uh, is that loud enough? Do you think? Because I can't really hear it." And and, uh, and it's like, dude, that's such a small detail. It really, when is. you've got all these showy things going on, like right. it was just funny to me that he he was worried about the kick drum, and he wasn't worried about you know. His, if his fan was blowing hard enough, right? Or, you know, 
Yeah, you know, and drums, uh, locally, man, drums drown out everything else. It's so they hard can. to, you know, to find a, a drummer who had, I mean, I love hard-hitting drummers, but, you know, you got to, you got to be cognizant of where you're playing at, right? You know. Yeah, definitely. And you're you're a drummer, right? So you yeah, you, somewhat. Yeah, yeah, I drum. So, some, somewhat. <laughs> That's what I say. I drum. I'm, yeah. I'm not. Ta- I, I don't know. Didn't start out on drums, but I picked okay. it up. 